Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our Guest Is, presented by My East Coast Experience Media in partnership with RBC. I'm Natalie Fournier. Our Guest Is introduces us to a resilient group of people typically called immigrants, but perhaps better described as entrepreneurs, community builders, and survivors. In each episode, we'll be hearing all about their journeys to Canada's East Coast in their own words. Today, our guest is Mohammed Al-Masalma. Just a little bit about you, Mohammed. So you're originally from Syria. Correct. And you escaped the crisis in Syria and moved to Jordan with your family. I believe it was your two siblings or was um, your your whole entire family? The whole entire family. Actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you moved to Nova Scotia in 2016 mm-hmm. with your two siblings. Mm-hmm. And you work at Immigrant Services Association of Nova Scotia, helping newcomers settle to life in the province. And you founded Mosey Photography, mm-hmm. a professional and videography business in 2018, which today is considered one of the top 10 photography studios in Halifax mm-hmm. and received two platinum awards from Community Votes Halifax 2022. And Mohammed was also recognized as one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlantic Canada in 2023. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. So you had a whirlwind path to Halifax from Jordan. Is it correct you only had days to process this whole change and make it happen? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, so I came on a scholarship to Halifax. And um, the way this uh, scholarship works, because it's uh, a scholarship slash settlement or immigration to Canada. So I landed as a permanent resident in Canada. The way it works, they don't tell you uh, where will you be studying until they finish the whole immigration process first. Okay. So once they passed all the, uh, I passed all the interviews, security check, health check, all of these things. Someone from NSCC where I studied uh, reached out to me and they said, "Where? Uh, by the way, you'll be studying in Halifax." And I'm like, "Where the hell is <laughs> Halifax?" <laughs> So, yeah, I had to Google everything and they told me, you know, you have uh, two weeks to get ready. And, uh, you know, um, I asked them the funny thing. I asked them, what's the what's like, what should I expect? What's the weather like? And it was August. Yeah. And they're like, uh, I was in Jordan at the time. And she's like, uh, she said that, oh, it's just like in Jordan. Mm. And so, yeah. So (laughs) silly me, I come with the shorts and T-shirts. And the day I landed September 1st, it was rainy, stormy and a disaster. So... That was a, <laughs> a <laughs> nice funny, introduction. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention to uh, from a recent edition of my Halifax Experience magazine, you had mentioned this process that you came to Nova Scotia based on a Facebook post. Correct. Uh, offering free English courses. Those courses turned into the prep courses for that scholarship that you mentioned. Um, yep. offered by Student Refugee Program from World University Service of Canada. Exactly. Yeah. And that you had missed the application deadline, mm-hmm. got in because you were told we didn't have enough applicants. Mm-hmm. Did that scare you? Like, were you like, why aren't people applying for this? Honestly, it, it, first of all, it was a shock for me because like the first day when we went to that English class, um, the teacher asked us, uh, why don't you go around the room and ask each other like a question just so you can meet each other, basically. Okay. So I asked, if you are basically a refugee in Jordan, you have one question to ask. When are you getting out of Jordan? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so I asked that question. So like, what are you doing next year? And all of them, they had the same answer. Next year, I will be in Canada. Next year, I'll be in Canada. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, why all of you have the same answer? Mm. And they told me, oh, well, we, we, because there's this scholarship uh, that is happening, and uh, we are all part of it. And I'm like, how can I get in? And they were like, oh, honestly, the deadline is over, and that's why we're just in the preparation before okay. we travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked, can I get the, like, who, who should I get in touch with? And they gave me the email of that person, and uh, I emailed her, and she said, well, it's your lucky day because we extended 
the two uh, eligibility uh, uh, criteria, they, they say that we need the age and, you know, the deadline, the time. And at the time, uh, they were a- uh, accepting students from 18 to 25, and I was 29. Okay. And then uh, they said, well, you know what, just send the application. I did, and uh, they accepted me. Oh, wow. So you were too old. <laughs> too old, exactly. Yeah. At a fresh 29. <laughs> I know. But they still took your application. They took my application. It didn't it's scare crazy. you? We were like... What's what's going on in Canada? <laughs> Honestly, uh, pff, no, because I, I sh- uh, to be honest, I just wanted to leave from Jordan. Yeah, and, well, yeah. Uh, and any uh, any opportunity coming my way, I would I would take it. Yeah, which yeah. is really kind of a risk, right? In general, it is. It and is. scary to think about. You know, you were just so willing to find a home and safety mm-hmm. that you were just willing to do anything mm-hmm. and go anywhere. Absolutely, it's you know, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm coming to a, a whole new country, a whole different culture, different language. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought I can speak English when I came to Canada until I actually landed in Canada. And I saw how fast people talk, especially on the first day in school. People were using like local terms and yeah. local funny Slang, jokes and stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there in the, in the middle like an idiot. And I'm like, is this English? <laughs> like, do I do? <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, but honestly, it, it's, uh, you know, after all these years, uh, it's the best decision I ever made. Excellent. Yeah. And, and kind of back to that arrival in Halifax and that, mm-hmm. you know, people are talking fast and busy and everyone just naturally knows what to do. And mm-hmm. you had mentioned that because you were so rushed to move here, you didn't know how to get a driver's license. You mm-hmm. didn't know where the nearest grocery store was. So what was going through your mind in those first few weeks besides people yeah. talking fast and have, you know, slang terms and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, honestly, the first week, uh, I remember, my, so my brother and I, we came on the uh, same scholarship. He ended up studying at Dalhousie and I am at uh, NSCC. And uh, because NSCC doesn't have uh, dorms, so mm-hmm. I stayed with, uh, with uh, like a Canadian guy. Okay. He, he, he lives alone. And my brother ended up living in uh, the dorm uh, at Dalhousie. So we were separate. And I didn't see him for the first week in Canada. Um, I didn't know how to take the bus. I didn't know how to cross from Dartmouth to Halifax. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I remember the first week I called my brother and I'm like, why did we come here? I'm like, we had friends, we had family, we had life. I was working. Why did we come here? And he gave me a very good uh, brotherly advice. He told me to shut up. And, <laughs> is he a younger and, brother? Yeah, he is. Okay, <laughs> he yeah. is. Uh, so I did. I shut up <laughs> and uh, I sold Jordan, I guess. Yeah. Um, but honestly, no, it was difficult at the beginning. It's it's everything is new. Everything is different. You know, from this most simplest thing from, you know, back home, I didn't even have a bank account. I didn't have, uh, have a, a like a credit card or a debit. I didn't know what's what what's the difference between the bo- both of them. And suddenly, I'm the first week in my uh, in Canada, and I have a bank account. I have two cards. I don't know what the hell to do with them, mm-hmm. and uh, I, so I had to figure out everything by myself. Um, so it was very overwhelming first. And I am a very like sociable person. I like to meet people. I like. And the first week, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know where to go. So it was really difficult. But once I started, you know, um, getting out of my comfort zone, introducing myself to people. Although my English was horrible at the time and, uh, you know, I was very shy, probably used a million uh, wrong grammar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I ended up, you know, ch- chatting with some people. And uh, once I started, you know, making friends in my, especially in my class, mm. uh, uh, life became a little bit easier. 
Going back to being originally from Syria, Mm -hmm. um, you turned to photography to tell the real story of Syria and its people during the obvious challenging times that Syria has been experiencing for a long time. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about what these photos captured and what they meant to you? Yeah, absolutely. So the whole thing started actually when I was in Syria um, because when I saw when the whole, uh, you know, uprising happened in Syria, I saw how the government media is, you know, showing us to the rest of the world. And like I'm in in my neighborhood and I see people like peacefully gathering, protesting. They want more freedom. They want more rights. And on the media, we're showed as terrorists. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, destroy the country, whatever. And I'm like, you know, this is not us. Yeah. So so I wanted to show what is actually happening. So I started taking videos, putting it on YouTube, sending it to, you know, social media, Facebook, whatever, taking photos of what's actually happening. And so the whole thing started from there. I just because... I thought the you know we the government it's our government it's our country like they love us and mm. the way showed they showed us that you know it's it's completely opposite from the truth so so that's why I started taking photos and videos because I want to tell the true story and the media wasn't telling half a percent of the truth and when you shared those photos on, on social media, mm-hmm. were you scared at all for doing that? Like scared absolutely. of potential backlash? Oh yeah, absolutely. And there was there was a backlash. Uh, but uh, you know, from what I saw previously from friends, we started to use different accounts, different nicknames, uh, going under you know very anonymous you know random names. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the government they have what we call them spies or eyes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they, they ended up coming and uh, picking us up for me and my two brothers. And uh, we ended up uh, in prison, government uh, prison for uh, a month. For posting pictures? Yep. And th- that was the first time. We, we, they actually, they took us twice. And uh, the first time because, you know, because of what we were do- doing. And uh, they, uh, they, after they didn't find anything that's actually, you know, incriminating, mm-hmm. um, they had to let us go. Um, the second time we were helping people displaced because of the bombing, uh, they lost their houses and they, uh, we, so we were just finding them shelter, b- providing food and in the eye of the government, we're doing acts that it's uh, against the government. Um, I, I know it's, these are things that people do every day. Absolutely. But, yeah. uh, and there, uh, what they think is that those people were bombed for a reason and they should not be helped. Wow. Um, so we, they were, we were taken again for, for the second time for another month. And honestly, the second time we had to, you know, th- thankfully the government is so corrupt. So we had to bribe, uh, the, <laughs> the government officials to actually to release us. And then that's when my mom said, actually, third time is not a charm. Wow. We need to leave. And that's how we le- left Syria. Can you tell me what those two separate months were like? I mean, clearly... I don't know what that would have been yeah. like. I mean, can you describe what Absolutely. was happening to you every day? Honestly, it's it's it felt like every day it felt like a year because um, we were first of all we were put in in a really tiny tiny room and there were like about fifty people in that room. So I literally had one foot mm. to sleep, to stand, to eat, to do everything in there. Um, and every few hours, uh, the jailer would come and pick a, uh, one of the uh, people in there and take them for torture, investigation. They need information. And then, of course, our turn came. And they, the, the first question, where are the weapons? And I'm like, 
do you know why I'm here? I, I literally, I was feeding people. I used the internet. Yes, yeah, I and I was, was feeding people. people. That was, that's it. And they're like, oh yeah, that's bullshit. We, we need the weapon. And I'm like, I, I don't, my weapon is literally my phone <laughs> and you have it. And uh, they were like, okay, we, we, you need to tell us about someone you know who has weapons. So honestly, because they're like, they're so stupid, they didn't know like how they, why I'm, I'm there in the first mm -hmm. place. So I was just giving them random names of actually dead people and they were writing them down. And uh, that was like, that's how I got away from, you know, uh, that torture or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the second time, unfortunately, when they took us, they, in their eye, they got us red-handed, helping people. That, right. That's the crime. So they didn't even ask a question. They started the torture immediately. Um, so they just take us one by one and uh, use anything that they think of, from, uh, you know, tasers to, uh, you know, w like wooden, st uh, you know, sticks and hit you, whatever, whatever they find. Do you mind talking about this with people? I mean, I know I no, I you were just telling, talking about it, but... Um. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, that's, that's the whole reason I like, you know, I, since I came to Canada, I am first, per, first thing, the person who got in touch with me with the NSCC, they asked me, do you mind to talk about your experience as a refugee and how you left Syria? And I'm like, absolutely not. I, I would love to because I want to tell the whole world what's happening there because I saw the local media, how they portray us on the media. So imagine the international media, how, yeah. what's it going to do. So that's why I, I do things like this. I, I'm a very open book. I, I, I share of, and listen, I, I consider myself one of the lucky ones who actually got the chance to leave Syria or had enough money to bribe the government of officials to get out. Mm -hmm. A lot of people died in there, in the, in, the, in the prison. And nobody heard of them. Nobody knows them. They're just numbers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so... I'm, I'm very, I, I, listen, I want to tell the whole world of what's going on. The, the, the president is a criminal. It's a war criminal. Genocides. He, he used all kinds of weapons. Weapons of mass destruction, gas, everything. And just, unfortunately, the international community is just watching. I think, too, there's maybe, for people who live in countries where that is not happening, we get... It's almost like we move on to the next story. Exactly, There's yeah. something else that's going to happen yeah. and we forget about it. And yeah. I see that with the war in Ukraine a lot too, yeah. that there was a time before the one year anniversary, yeah. I guess if you want to call it an anniversary yeah. of it beginning, yeah. where I think we were forgetting about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't top of mind. And I think that's, you know, it's it's worth you, you know, as someone who lived there and experienced that to, to remind people that it happened, mm -hmm. it's happening, mm -hmm. and it happened to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And honestly, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, listen, I am from Syria, and, and since I came here, social media algorithms started mm -hmm. to, like, removing all, like, news related to Syria from my feed. So mm -hmm. I even got distant from what's happening there, unless I actually search for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I understand. But uh, so that's why I do these kind of things. I, I, like, I love to talk about these things. And I know Syria is an old topic. But unfortunately, it's still, still happening. And you, recently, we saw what the hap what happened with the earthquake in you in Turkey and Syria. Yes. And unfortunately, like this is again, this is what's happening to the Syrian people. Not only the war, but literally all all ways of death we experienced that. And do you think that the earthquake got enough international attention 
that it deserved? Do you think that people in the U.S., in Canada, you know, other first world countries, mm-hmm. let's call them, um, really cared? I know it's, it sounds harsh to say, but do you do yeah. you think as a, you know, someone who lived there who experienced that, do you think that there was real genuine care and concern? I would say yes and no. Yes, that's actually media started to, you know, show and cover 24 hours, but no in terms of the support that is required, especially to Syria. Mm-hmm. We saw, uh, especially the UN help, they were, because in their eye, the government of Syria, it's a sovereign country and you have to address the government. Um, and of course, the government's not going to allow all that help to come in because that area, especially the north of Syria, is out of the government control. Mm. So they don't want to help the people there. So they delayed as the, the help, the support as much as they can. And we've seen videos of the actual UN um, products, food, stuff like that, that they sent even clothes or blankets that they mm-hmm. sent to the, uh, you know, north of Syria, it's sold in the market, in Damascus. So it's not helping. It's not, it didn't, it, it didn't even people. reach north of Syria. My gosh. So that, that's what is annoying. And uh, I think, again, um, you know, um, the help went to Turkey. Turkey needs it, of course, but at least Turkey is, is a country with functional government, functional streets, mm-hmm. support, everything that y- you send is going to reach there. Syria is not, especially the north because it's out of the government control. Ha- I would say more than half of the support that was sent there didn't reach there. That's very disappointing. It is, it is. And uh, honestly, I don't know how people who are especially living in north of Syria, how are they still surviving? Mm-hmm. I don't know how. It's the same courage that, you know, we always talk about in this podcast mm-hmm. of people like you who tell the story and you just think about the everyday life that we would never know mm-hmm. um, as people that, yes, were born and raised in Canada or the States or England or wherever. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We see it. We don't know. We're yeah. seeing it on TV. That's true. And, and you took the courage as well to share yeah. the real life, the photos on social media mm-hmm. and paid for it. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So those, when you came to Halifax, you continued your passion for t- photography, yeah. obviously sharing different pictures. Correct. <laughs> um, what was that transition like from, you know, not only going from doing it to s- potentially save lives to mm-hmm. bring attention, now you're doing it for a totally different, different reason. reason yeah. And, and yeah. was that tra- transition, were you thankful that it was different photos that you were taking or it, did it? Did it hurt you a little bit? Honestly, it's I'm, I'm thankful because, first of all, when I was taking those photos, I knew I was in danger and something could happen any second. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, at least, I'm safer. I know I'm standing behind the camera and I'm safe. And the subject that I'm shooting is a safe, dog. too, as well. <laughs> and a dog or yeah. a family or something. So yeah. it's a, yeah, so it's a whole different experience. Um, but again, it's, 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 again, it's the passion continued. Um, when I came here... Again, unfortunately, I didn't have the financial means mm-hmm. to start a whole business or buy a camera in the first place. So I was using my phone, whatever I have. And I remember, God bless him, my friend, uh, he had a camera that I used to borrow from him, borrow for him then. Um, <laughs> he just did air quotes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> borrow. Literally every two days. And I'm like, oh, there's this, uh, well, I would like to go for a walk and just like shoot. And he's like, yeah, okay. I remember six Canon 60D. 
uh, I used to borrow from him and just take photos randomly. And uh, and I, I taught myself how to, what's Lightroom, what's Adobe Photoshop, what it's all these things and how to use them, YouTube or any free course available. And and then I was like, you know what, well, like I'll, I'll create an Instagram account and start sharing my uh, my photos. And I noticed people started to, you know, get in, uh, attention uh, for what I uh, post. And uh, and finally, you know, I started with the encouragement of friends and uh, uh, people that I know. They started hiring me for small gigs here and there. Most of them are free, but some of them are paid. So finally, I uh, saved enough uh, money to buy my, my friend's camera. Nice. And it was like, thank God, finally. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's all started there. So you taught yourself photography, mm-hmm. taught yourself, you know, editing videos, taking videos, mm-hmm. and now you teach courses about all of that and about social media and using it, you mm-hmm. know, for people who might be interested in starting their own businesses or starting their own photography businesses. Yeah. And like you said, you have a YouTube channel that not only touches on your business, but also just life in Nova Scotia and, and coming here. And mm-hmm. do you consider yourself a mentor? Um. <laughs> Yes, is it hard no? to admit? It is hard, actually. It is. It's honestly, it, first of all, nobody calls me that. <laughs> I uh, just did. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, no, I actually, through my work at iSense, uh, uh, which is the Immigrant Services Association of Nova Scotia, um, I, uh, in one of my positions before my current position, I worked with youth, um, immigrant youth, and a lot of them, you know, they're young. They want to post their perfect Snapchat picture right. or whatever. <laughs> so I, I started offering, you know, uh, photography 101, uh, you know, how to take a good photo, the composition, what's free mobile apps that you can use to edit those photos, how to edit a photo before and after and stuff like that. And, you know, I literally I used to beg them to come to any like valuable class like planning for your education in Canada or something like that. Exactly. (laughs) And they're like, eh, like even bribe them with pizza or fruit or something. Uh, Three or four people would show up. When I posted the photography stuff, 30 people showed up. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So, so it's all started there. And actually I'm proud of this. One of those youth, he uh, uh, started his photography business and he's doing well. You're not scared of the competition? <laughs> Honestly, no. I actually... Another uh, photographer in the business? <laughs> I, I would... Listen, I, I I feel like he's like my little baby and, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of him. I actually, you know, every time I have like a gig that I need multiple photographers mm. or something, I actually hire him too. Nice. So it feels nice that I, you know, I can support them too. Have you ever encountered roadblocks or like criticism from family, oh friends, God. from choosing? Because photography is art. Mm-hmm. It's your passion. You're, you know, you're making some money off of it. Mm-hmm. I've learned over, you know, talking with people in this podcast that art is not really something that parents of immigrant children really yeah. like. Yeah. So. Um, well, first of all, you know, uh, Nova Scotia is, you know, is small enough <laughs> to, you know, to start, uh, uh, you know, a, a business that unfortunately these days anyone with a phone, they call themselves a photographer. Yes. Um, but the, I, 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 I started with uh, a few friends that I, you know, or, uh, people that I know, they started photography as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, their, their business is booming. And, um, I, I consider myself, I'm still learning, of course. I, and, uh, you know, I, I'm start. I consider that I started a successful business. Mm-hmm. It's not my full-time job yet. There is competition. The market might be a little bit oversaturated. Um, so that's why I'm honestly, I start to, uh, 
I'm still looking for my niche in mm-hmm. photography to focus on that. I still do all kinds of photography, weddings, portraits, family, real estate, anything just so, you know, first of all, to sustain a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you said, you know, art is, you know, <laughs> it's unfortunately it doesn't pay off the bills all, yeah. the, all the time. Uh, especially when I do, when you do your business part time, not mm-hmm. as a side gig, not a full time job. Um, unfortunately, I have you know so many responsibilities that I can't just you know leave everything and focus on my photography. Um, I have a family to support. I have so many bills to pay. So yeah. <laughs> I can't I ta- I can't take that step to leave everything and focus on photography. But fingers crossed, hopefully one day soon. Um, I I want to build you know take my business to actually hire those, you know, like my student, the newcomers, uh, also to help them to, you know, reach their goals. What are your favorite moments to capture in photography? Because uh, you were covering a lot of bases there. With I like do. Real I do. estate to dogs yes. to kids. So. <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's uh, obvious it's the weddings. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful moment. You're capturing someone's, their biggest day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are so many emotions in there. And, and luckily I get to do, you know, not only take photos, but I also take videos so I can literally capture the perfect moment. Um, and every time I, uh, you know, I send the video to, to the couple and they send me their feedback, hopefully after they love it, yeah. um, it's, it touches my heart that I, you know, I was part of that day and I was able to capture what they, what they want to, you know, it's a memory for the rest of the life. Mm-hmm. And you're print will always be on that memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you're looking at your photography business and you provide advertising and marketing materials in both English and Arabic, mm-hmm. do you see a demand for more inclusion in languages in Atlantic Canada for newcomers? Like, do you, or, or are you seeing a lack of it? Um, honestly, specifically n- now, yes, we need. Uh, because, you know, five, seven years ago when I came to Nova Scotia, pr- probably there was one other Middle Eastern ethnic restaurant and yes. uh, in, in the city. Yeah. And now we've seen, uh, now at least I know there's a three Syrian restaurants that mm-hmm. I know of. And, um, you know, uh, we, we have the Afghan uh, people are coming over. So give it a year. We'll have a lot of Afghan food. <laughs> and then uh, now Ukrainians are here. Mm-hmm. So again, give it a few, some time and you will see a lot of, you know, uh, so we, that's why we need more content in multiple languages. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I'm very, I'm very proud. That, like if I drive, if you drive on Bedford Highway, you'll see different signs in different mm-hmm. languages. So that's, that's amazing. I like how you went to food. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of and course. it is true that when you look at the last yeah, five to seven years yeah. and, and we always, I guess, talk about like, wow, the positive effect that newcomers have on Halifax mm-hmm. and in such a short period of time. And it all, it, at least in my life with my family and friends, it does relate to food because yep. I get excited. Yep. When I'm like a Syrian restaurant. Oh, I've never tried that before. I, I can't know. wait for it to open. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, it brings, food brings everybody. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just because it's always delicious. You're never going to be disappointed. Uh-huh. And yeah, I think, you know, growing up in the Halifax area for most of my life, it is nice to see just different flavors, different experiences, and then it makes us appreciate, Mm -hmm. you know, that the culture is coming. And of course, we'll be more inclusive and try to include more languages. And that's why I I started my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. When I first came here, when they told me you'll be studying in Halifax, I honestly, I Googled, that's a hilarious thing. I I Googled Halifax. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I was reading a blog. First of all, there was no videos of Halifax in in 2016. um, Like, 
except from the touristy right, no, tu- tourism Nova Scotia <laughs> kind of like you know Those highlight nice, like, videos drone photos exactly yeah. yeah but there's no actual like someone's experience living in Halifax um, and that was the whole idea why I started the YouTube the YouTube channel but I was reading in one of the blogs that oh the most the second most spoken language in Halifax is Arabic and I'm like what hmm. Uh, how 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 come I didn't hear about this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess from the Lebanese community who's here, um, probably someone from the Lebanese community wrote that blog. <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah, I, when I came here, I wanted to share my experience, especially as a student living in Halifax, not only in English but also in Arabic, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people back home would love to come to Canada. Um, and, you know, from my experience so far in Atlanta, Canada, the people are amazing and the, you know, it's, it's a perfect place to start a family here. So that's why I wanted to show, you know, first of all, as a student, what's the experience, what to expect, how much is it going to cost you, uh, how to register for classes, what is NSCC, what is Dalhousie, what are, so all of these things um, from financial uh, to education to whatever, just like day to day student life. And I, in my current work at iSense, I still see people come into iSense and they point at me. And first of all, they look back and forth. Is that him? Is that him? And <laughs> then they point at me and then I smile and they come to me and they say, oh, are you YouTube? And oh, I'm wow. like, well, and I'm like, <laughs> I am on YouTube. <laughs> but, YouTube? Yes. <laughs> I am the whole of YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and they're like, oh, my God, we saw your videos. And uh, that's why we, we chose Nova Scotia. And I'm like, well, uh, I hope you made a correct, uh, you know, a good choice. But uh, but but yeah, I'm, I feel honored, which is funny because my brother, he always uh, makes fun of me. And he's like, nobody's watching your videos. Wow. And one day... Yeah. <laughs> we were walking in, where were we? Uh, I think Micmac Mall. Mm-hmm. And there were a group of, uh, uh, you know, immigrants. They're like uh, young kids. They're, they're in the, in the, at the mall. And they came to me and they're like, oh my God, I saw you on YouTube. Can we take a photo of, uh, with you? And I'm like, not only are you going to take a photo of me, my brother is going to take uh, that yeah, photo. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I made with him take that photo. all of the different cameras. Exactly. All the different phones. Yeah. So I was like, do you believe that people are watching my YouTube channel now? Did he think you paid those kids to say that? I know. <laughs> what advice would you give someone considering moving to Atlanta, Canada? Do it. Do it. Not only, again, the, I actually just had this conversation with uh, a cousin of mine. She's in Syria and she's thinking of moving to Canada. And she's asking me, is it true that it's always snowy there? And I'm like, no, <laughs> there's long winter, but yeah. no. Um, and she's like, do you recommend? And I'm like, in a heartbeat, yeah. uh, of course, especially Atlantic Canada. The nature is amazing. The people are uh, amazing. Very nice. Says, uh, actually, my mom and my sister just came, just landed finally uh, in Canada last month. To live here? Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I sp- started the uh, sponsorship agreement, uh, sorry, uh, uh, application uh, for them in 2019. And because of COVID, the whole thing, you know, got delayed. Um, but finally, they just landed February 7th. And so far, you know, I'm, I'm giving them the Atlantic Canada experience. I'm, I'm acting as their tour guide. Yeah. Oh, this is the waterfront. Oh, this is the, taking photos here and there. Uh, and yesterday, we just went to the valley, actually. Uh, unfortunately, the weather wasn't that perfect. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but no, um, come to Canada in a heartbeat. Don't even think twice. Um, especially Atlantic Canada. 
um, you'll you'll notice the difference once you leave Atlanta, Canada to other mm-hmm. provinces. You, you notice immediately the difference of people. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, absolutely do it. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. Thank you, Mohammed, and thank you to everyone joining us today for this episode of Our Guest Is. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you subscribe. You can find us on MyEastCoastExperience.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. Plus, don't forget you can follow My East Coast Experience on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Natalie Fournier. Thanks again, and hope you join us for our next episode.